WDBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? This MSU team deserves to be in a BCS bowl. Happy Monday once again on today's show. We start our guest series on the Spartan Sports Trap, AJ and Ray. You get to meet the Impact Sports staff. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM. I'm Alex Sharg, your host, usually on Mondays from 7 to 8 p.m., but today we have a pair of new hosts taking the stand. That's right. We begin our Impact Sports Summer Series where we get to meet the new members of the Impact Sports staff and starting that off today are Aaron Jordan and Spencer Ray. So great to have them on as we delve into our summer series and expect each week for the rest of the summer to meet the, the new staff on Impact Sports and there will be some new changes implemented for the Impact Sports program. So keep staying tuned each week to hear the news to the new Impact Sports members and to stay tuned to the to the newest Impact Sports updates. For right now, I'm going to hand the gavel over to Aaron Jordan and Spencer Ray. Take it away. Thanks a lot, Alex. And welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, hello, Spencer. Um, and I was thinking coming into today that I would be extremely depressed about my Red Wings, our Red Wings, really losing in the playoffs. But then last night I watched Game of Thrones and my depression was taken to a whole new level. But that's not what we're leading off with today. Twitterverse blew up. Yeah, really. And I mean, I was tweeting about it. So why don't we talk about the NBA, though, to start? Because we've got a big game tonight, I think. Yeah, game seven with uh, the Pacers and the Heat and the big three, you know, and no one expected this series to go to seven games. And uh, the crazy thing about it is uh, with the Heat, you, everyone expects, you know, oh, the Heat, they got Bosch, D-Wade, and LeBron, and and they're not, they're not, they haven't closed it out yet. You know, they had game six, and Bosch and Dwayne Wade combined for 15 points, which is really not up to quota by any means. So, and and there's a lot of talk about, it's not really the big three, it's the big one with LeBron dropping 27 points a game, and, you know, the the rest of the two only dropping, you know, 20 between, you know, two guys, which is, it's terrible, you know, and and LeBron James has definitely brought his Cleveland style play to Miami. Well, my gut feeling with tonight coming in is that um, LeBron's going to have to carry this game if the Heat are going to win. That's my big key for this game. He's probably going to give his teammates about the first six minutes in, into each half, see how well they do, and if not, say, all right, guys, thanks but no thanks. I'm taking over this game, and we need to win. Exactly. That's that's exactly what it is because LeBron is slowly losing trust with the other two guys, you know, and and you can't blame LeBron if if they lose this series, you know, and and I think if if LeBron and the Heat, you know, definitely show up to this game, you know, is you know with Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade's used to playing in big games, you know, he's won a championship before LeBron and Bosh came there, you know, with uh, with Alonzo Mourning and uh, and Shaq, exactly, you know? and. And no matter who you are, if you're a superstar, my my mindset is you need people around you. And that's why he couldn't win a championship in Cleveland is really he had a bunch of no-namers. Zilgowskis and Verzhal. Exactly. And I mean, it, it wasn't it was to no fault of Mike Brown, but he got the blame for that when he was fired first. But the fact is now that um, 
now that he has a team surrounding him, that's why he won the championship last year, along with D-Wade and even Bosh. Bosh is a very good player in my mind. I don't think he's a superstar. He's not up to the level of Dwayne Wade, of LeBron James, obviously. And it doesn't help him, LeBron, right now that D-Wade is currently playing injured. Yeah, and honestly, I think, you know, they should have... You know, this probably make me look terrible, but, I, you know, I think Dwayne Wade should have sat game six, you know, or took him out halfway through to get him some rest for game seven. You know, because if, like I said, you know, if they're if they're playing like they did in game six, you're going to expect the same result. You know, Pacers move on to play the Spurs. Exactly. But my predi- my question for you right now, your prediction for this game. Uh, all right. Here, with with the Heat, it's. If they're outside, if they're outside shooters show up like Ray Allen, Mike Miller, and you know, and Birdman, you know, he with the suspension that he had with his altercation with Tyler Hansbro, you know, if he shows up, you know, those guys show up and their shooting is on point, they're gonna they're gonna take the Pacers, you know, just gonna take them out of the building. And uh, with the Pacers, their inside game, you know, uh, Roy Hibbert, he's been dominating inside, and and a stat that's you know, with Game Seven, usually throw away the stat books, but this, mm-hmm. but the stat is, you know, whoever's Whoever's dominating in the paint always wins the game. Your gut feeling, though, right now, who's going to win tonight? Oh, Pacers. Pacers? Pacers. I, I think they, they have a lot of momentum uh, coming into this game and the, the underdogs. And, you know, of course, with you know Roy Hibbert's comments, people, he's probably getting a lot of trash talk from Miami. But I think Pacers understand, and they've had the blueprint to beat the Heat since last year when they were up two games to one on them. And no one expected that, you know, and everyone expected the Heat just sweep them out, you know, and the Pacers stood up to him because of that big man. And that's what... Bosch is a big guy, 6'11", but he's not a true big man like, you know, a Shaq or something like that, you know, or, or Roy Hibbert in this case. And, uh, you know, and Roy Hibbert's getting all types of boards. And like Pat Riley says, rebounds turn into rings. And speaking of Roy Hibbert, coming up in the second half of the show, we're going to have our thoughts on his comments fr- from a couple nights ago when he got the $75,000 fine. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, my gut feeling is the Heat will win tonight. But the, the question is, how will they match up against the Spurs? How will either team match up against the Spurs? I've got the Spurs. If the Pacers make the NBA Finals, the Spurs, in my mind, will win in five games. And it depends completely on Dwayne Wade's health. If, health. if Dwayne Wade's not healthy, I think the San Antonio Spurs will be the Miami Heat in six. Uh, as far as the Spurs go, uh, I think the Spurs can beat the Heat because, you know, the Heat are are being dragged to a game seven and you know they're they're two other big pieces to the puzzle you know are injured right now you know and and you you've seen the way they've played against the Pacers when the Pacers win you know everyone's out of gas you know except for LeBron LeBron's the only one who wants to win and that's that's terrible you know but uh with the Spurs they have they have guys that are on fire with Ginobili and Tony Parker but the question is they've had 10 days of rest you know and and you see this in NFL, guys getting benched when, they, when they're when they going to make the playoffs. And you've seen them get bounced in the first round, you know, or past, past their first week by. And I'm a believer, like, in terms of that, I completely agree with you. Like, um, Aaron Rodgers, a couple years ago, should have never been benched in that game. I, my, I'm a firm believer that if you're the, the going... The one where Matt Flynn threw for six touchdowns against Detroit. And... Oh, don't even remind me of that game, yeah. please. That brings back... That brings back scars and for earned, me like, right the now. the worst contract in NFL history for a free agent. Yeah, but in terms of that, I'm, I don't believe in benching your players right before the playoffs. You need to play playoff style. If you go up big, like 41-3 to three or something in a football game, or you go up big in an NBA game, 
that's one thing. Then you can bench them to avoid injury, but you play to win each game. It's all about rhythm, too. And uh, you see quarterbacks, you know, who, who don't play after two weeks, you know, then they're just throwing the pigskin around and they get a little rattled because they're not used to that game mode, you know, where it's the constant, you know, filming and practice and whatnot. But when you have that week off, when you have that week off, you know, you, you, I wouldn't say you get rusty, but you're not thinking about all, all like the, the game game situations you know you're just kind of relaxing a little bit resting and looking at film to the next game on both teams and um i just like to add something else to this lionel hollins yesterday the memphis grizzlies coach was told that he could talk to other teams and apparently a me- in a team meeting with the executives there were several philosophical differences i don't understand how that is considering he took the team literally from pretty much nothing up to just a step away from the NBA playoffs or NBA finals, excuse me. Granted, they got bounced by the Spurs. The Spurs, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, they are arguably the hottest team in the NBA right now or going into the finals. And maybe it's rest or rust going into this. I think the rest will certainly help them. Yeah, as far as Hollins go, uh, he, he, like you said, he's done great things for the Memphis, Grizz, Memphis Grizzlies. Like no one's really watched them until, you know, they had a chance of beating uh, last year's Western Conference champions, you know, the, the Thunder. Granted that the Thunder didn't have Westbrook, and, you know, I'm sure, like, people talk about in hindsight how they missed Harden, but, you know, it, that's, I guess that's the, the consequence that comes with a big trade like that. If you have any comments on what we're saying, call in 517-432-3893 if you would like to make them. We're going to move on right now to the NHL. I'd like to get your, your reaction to the Red Wings Game 7, and just what did you think of what happened there? Well, First of all, like the Red Wings did a great job as far as, you know, being a seventh seed and defeating the the number two seed Ducks and bringing them to a game seven. And, and I think it was two reasons why the Red Wings lost. And uh, one of them was our lack of uh, strong defensive play. And the and that kind of ties in with the DeKaiser injury, you know, the young guy from Western who definitely played a killer role in, you know, Detroit's defense towards the latter part of the season, you know, getting us into the playoffs. But as, you know, they brought Chicago to seven games, which I don't think anyone thought would happen. You know, Chicago, they're the juggernauts of the West right now. And with their hot streak, you know, beginning of the season and, you know, then just the superstars they had with Taves and Patrick Kane. They also had the lack of ability to convert on a power play, too, which really hurt them in this series, and it's, it was hindering them all season, in my mind. I didn't expect them to go and do as well as they did against the Chicago Blackhawks. My disappointment was when it came down to the wire, when, that they had the 3-1 to one lead. I really wish they could have closed it out. I mean, I didn't expect them. The Chicago Blackhawks truly were the better team. Um, their urgency was a lot better in Game 7 than it was in Game 6. Um, and I talked to you about this. I've seen It doesn't always happen. I've seen rushes up the ice in the last 10 seconds with an empty net that have gone in the goal with 0.4 seconds left. That's rare. But the, my problem was, Cronwell, when, after they dumped it out of the zone and Cronwell was bringing it back up the ice, he was skating down the ice like a geriatric turtle in my mind. It was like, it was like slow, and there was no urgency whatsoever. Yeah, and and I totally agree with you there, you know, but like the likelihood of getting a goal from the blue line like Eiserman did and that's that's not likely, but you know, I do it, it it is upsetting to know that the Red Wings couldn't close it out, but you have to understand resiliency has been the theme of the Blackhawks and and not not only that is their health too and uh and their athleticism, 
you know, and you you got a lot of older guys on the Red Wings team compared to the Chicago team. And it was a battle of the goaltenders as it turned down as it came down to it in Game Seven. Corey Crawford was absolutely spectacular. Jimmy Howard was great. He was the reason that really they got as far as they did. Jimmy was our defense in some cases, absolutely. Unfortunately, and I mean the reason his um, goals against average is was two point four four was the fact that the defense wasn't there to help him. I'd like to talk about what's next for the Detroit Red Wings as far as free agency goes. I'm, we're not going to make predictions here about who's going to who they're going to try and sign. I don't really believe in doing that. But um, I I think who stays in my mind um, that are going to be free agents: Drew Miller, Jakob Kindle, Brendan Smith. He's a very even though he uh, did show. Um, a lot, of, a lot of rookie mistakes. I think he's a very promising young defenseman. And, of course, the entire rookie line, Joachim Anderson, Damian Brunner, Damian, Damian, Damian Brunner, and um, Gustav Nyquist, they all have to stay. And those are all restricted free agents right now. They have to stay, except Brunner is a, on a UFA right now, but he needs to stay. Um, in my mind, who goes? If, he's unab- if they're unable to sign him at the right place, Philpola needs to go uh, because he... He's he's asking for five million dollars, and he's not he's not a five million dollar man. You know he's streaky, and you know you don't pay a guy five million dollars to be streaky. You don't. And then Ian White, that's no question in my mind. He played what into the month of February, mm-hmm. and Danny Cleary, I think, is absolutely borderline. I think we're going to be saying goodbye to him. If we use the amnesty clauses here, we have two player two two amnesties that we can use. Michael Samuelson um, is. A no-brainer in my mind for that. He didn't do much at all this year. Todd Bertuzzi, I think, is gone if he if there's no guarantee that he's healthy. There needs to be an absolute guarantee with him because we have a lot of young stars coming up that could replace him. Not to mention that would free up the cap space with both of them. Oh, exactly. And you know, with with Bert, he he brings brings that veteran edge to you. But you know, he's he's almost too old. And you know, if if you're gonna have a veteran, it's better to have him on the ice. It is, and like he Bertuzzi, when he was healthy, like Spintuzzi, as I've heard yeah. him called before, and he he was very very good in the shootout. But the problem was when he wasn't healthy, it showed. He's not a fast skater. He's a he he doesn't even really play with the physicality that he played with earlier in his career. And I'm not even talking about the Steve Moore thing. That just yeah. throw that out the window. That was an out of body experience because he's played very very well very very classy ever since then so and then like i said a long shot for me would be kyle quincy he he did show some good streak work or stick work excuse me but he was very streaky throughout the yeah he did make he he did make some few you know a few plays on defense you know that that saved i wouldn't say saved goals you know but definitely made a lot of big plays but as far as you know uh philpola and and sammy you know like I definitely agree with you as far as Samuelson being on amnesty. You know, it only makes sense. You know, and and you got guys coming back because like this playoff, this whole playoff, you know, experience for the Red Wings. I thought, you know, once we got to the Blackhawks series, I thought everyone who who had one year or two years left on their contract was playing for a job in Detroit. Well, and five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. If you want to make a comment on Red Wings free agency or any of the playoff games that they played. And we're gonna make, we're gonna talk about uh, the Western Conference Finals right now. I thought it would be more of a battle of the goaltenders than it actually was. Last night, Jonathan Quick was, as you put it on Twitter, Jonathan Slow. Yeah. He um 
he was out of position a lot, really did not move in any shot situation, allowed four goals, and and after the fourth one, um, yielded to Bernier. And well, and and this is what I'm talking about with the Blackhawks, what they can do, like when when their talent is is in sync, they can they'll drop they'll drop goals, it'll rain goals in Chicago. You mm-hmm. hear that, you'll hear that annoying goal song in Chicago. Yeah, and John and Jonathan now. Quick. Uh, I don't know if it's just it's just he hasn't really gotten to his playoff rhythm with against Chicago because of how athletic they are. But once if Jonathan Quick, he can save the series if he gets gets his gets his act together. You know, I, I don't think there's any question. You know, he will start Game Three. You know, that, that's a given. There shouldn't be any question yeah. about it. With how and Jonathan Quick has made some unbelievable saves in the playoffs last night. I don't think was that just what he didn't have a good game and. You know you're not going to have a good game every single time, and and he was one of the reasons why we are calling them the defending champions. You know, and and their run last year as an eighth seed. In my mind, um, the Chicago Blackhawks win this series in six. Um, just given the way that the that they have outskated, outplayed the Los Angeles Kings, the defending champs, they. I think they have the best shot at it, and even really the best shot at the cup right now. If Co- Corey Crawford keeps playing the way. He's playing. I didn't expect this from him because up until this season, he was very, very inconsistent to the point where I was wondering if the Blackhawks should possibly replace him either at the deadline or in free agency coming up in this year. But Corey Crawford has really cemented his starting role with the Blackhawks. Yeah, and Corey Crawford is definitely laughing at that thought of him being replaced, especially with you know how well. And I think the reason why the Hawks are are so successful is because they know what it's like, you know to. They they have the playoff experience. They won a cup in 20, 2010. and uh, and just everything's when everything's in sync for the Hawks, you get you get elite hockey out of them and and whatnot. And moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. By oh, by the way, what's your prediction again for? Oh, uh, the... it's uh, six games for the Hawks because I, I think I think uh, Quick will keep them in it. You know, make it a series, but the Hawks are just better. You know, just flat out better. Not much debate going on with this one. Um, Coming up, and we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference Finals right now. Um, and coming into that this series, the top five scorers were hey, from either it, Pittsburgh let me stop or there Boston. For a second. Before we we want to give a big MSU shout out to Tori Krug. Oh, for showing up in the in the Rangers series. He had, I believe, it's five points in six games. I'm double checking on that right now. Uh, da, 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 da. Five points in six games, four goals, one assist. He's been absolutely phenomenal this playoff. Hey, he's a small year. guy too, five eight. Big yeah. heart, as they say. Uh, but Five he's still got. The, he's he's got one of the. He's been one of the youngest stars on the team, and probably the biggest surprise for me coming out. I didn't really think, because a lot of times maybe he could have had the butterflies, but he he's not showing that. He's showing it like he's been there before. Exactly, and you know I think the fact that you know his phone was dry on draft day, you know, inspires him. You know, when when he gets that shot, he's gonna that shot to start he's going to show up and he did you know he's holding it down for MSU and definitely for Boston and um the fact too I'm I'm wondering what he's going to do in this playoff series because um he's he's a very very good this is not knocking his talent at all but the New York Rangers were a lot weaker of a team than the Pittsburgh Penguins are right now my question is will how will he play this will be a true test for Tory Krug this series exactly because the Pittsburgh you know they're 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 as good as as the Blackhawks. You know they have the same amount, probably more star power and more offensive power than the Blackhawks. And they got leadership with the with Aginla and uh, Morrow on the team, and and just everyone and like 
Sidney Crosby, you know, he's 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 been the guy who's stepped up early in the series. He's kind of like fizzles out, you know, fizzles out towards the end of the series, you know, when they when they wrap things up. But you know, he's always started hot. You know, he had two goals in his first game back against the Islanders and had a hat trick early in the Ottawa series. There was also speculation I saw on NBC Sports after this game that uh, if. Vokum plays like he did the other night, that they're eventually going to yield back to Marc-Andre Fleury. I'd honestly be really kind of surprised if they did that, just given the fact that you rarely see, once a goaltender is benched in the playoffs, you rarely see them go back to that guy. And Marc-Andre Fleury look, at times looked decent, but at times like he looked like he couldn't stop a beach ball if it was shot at him. I mean, he just couldn't make any big saves and allowed a lot of soft goals. Yeah, yeah, go with the hot glove. You know, if someone's if someone's you know winning you games, you know, stick with them. You know, what do you have to lose? And aside from a playoff series, yeah. But um, I had a gut feeling coming into this series. Uh, Tuka Rask, by the way, I want to comment on him real quick. But um, I think Thomas Vokun, if the if the Pittsburgh Penguins advance in this to the Stanley Cup Finals. Thomas Vokun could be what Chris Osgood was to the Detroit Red Wings in 2008, where he replaced the bench Dominic Hasek after, like, four games. And mm-hmm. he's he played very, very well throughout that. And Vokun just, I think, had a bad game. I'm interested to see how he steps up in the next game. Tuka Rask, I have a good feeling, may make the Bruins fans forget about Tim Thomas eventually, if he's not starting to already. He's played phenomenal in the playoffs, certainly earning a new contract. Oh, definitely. This is not a better time to play some of, I guess, some of your best hockeys in the playoffs. And uh, as far as you know, Tuka Rask, I think he will get a contract, even if they lose this series. I think he'll get that contract. There's, there's no doubt about it. And I mean, it's the fact he's been playing very well. He has a 2.06 goals against average right now. Mm-hmm. So it's been really exciting hockey to watch in the, in this playoff series. Oh yeah, I mean, and I was definitely surprised with how the first game went. You know, I wasn't expecting a three nothing shutout from Boston. I was expecting that more from, you know, Pittsburgh and you know in the early part of the series. But you know they were just nothing went went no puck went into the twine for and, Pittsburgh. And the Bruins have very very good talent. And but my and, and just my prediction is I think. I, I don't know. I think the Penguins uh, will step back up in this game. I think they were tired um, from... Uh, they, they went to seven games in that last series, didn't, didn't they? What? The, 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 the Penguins? Or how many games series no, was no, that? No, that was, that was five. Oh, that was five. The, the, it, that was five. I, I was thinking of the, both the Western games went to the um, yeah. seven games. That was crazy. But I think the Penguins' talent will still step up, and I think... Uh, Penguins in seven. Yeah, I I got Penguins in six because I think they're going to step up a lot faster than that. And I think this this first game was like a reality check. Is okay, guys. We need to we need to pick up. We got to pick it up. You know, this is this is crunch time. You know, we want the cup. And personally, for me, um, the the Bruins are my bandwagon team right now that I'm going on. You're riding you're oh, riding yeah, the, the Chara train. train. Uh, I, I Tori love, Krug. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, a lot of MSU um, fans are probably really into Boston. Is you know with Krug or like in my case, Chara. I like Chara, but. No, I think Pittsburgh is just, you know, with their lead, with the guys they brought in and the talent that they already have, you know, it's just everything goes in their favor. But with Boston, I think the only, the only uh, edge that Boston has, I think they'll play more physical, which I think that was definitely a big factor. Even though they didn't have as many hits as uh, Pittsburgh, they were, I think it was like thirty to fourteen hits, or twenty nine to fourteen. It was they got killed in hits, but uh, but Boston definitely showed that, you know. They, they had more quality hits, I think. 
And, I, and our hearts say one thing, but our heads are saying mm-hmm. the other, basically. 517-432-3893, if you want to comment on any of that. We're going to talk a little bit about MLB right now. Um, and mainly, I want to talk about my concerns that I'm having right now with the Detroit Tigers. And um, it mainly deals with their bullpen. Um, hey, who, I, who's the closer? Yeah, Jose Valverde. Um, it, don't even get me started on him. I think... Um, He's only blown one save this year, but really, what pressure situations has he been in this season? It seems Detroit fans have a love-hate relationship with him. Either when, when he won, is it forty-three? We had forty-three saves. Forty-three. I think it was forty-three out of forty-three that season. It was in the forties. Yeah, he had had amazing, you know, season in saves. But the second he blows one, you know, everyone hates him. You know, he's the worst guy. You know, he's Bill Buckner. But let's talk realistically here for a second. I didn't expect him going into last season that he was going to have the perfect record again as it came down to saves. That's just that's just not probable, and, and it's rare that that happens. But I, I expected him to be a lot better than he actually was last year. And I just, again, I about go crazy whenever this bullpen goes in. Phil Koch, um, bat, who's throwing a 6.06 ERA. Uh, you got Octavio Dotel, who I believe is still hurt, 13.50 ERA. Jose Valverde... 3.55 and it's just the fact that a lot of your bullpen is above three that's not good in my mind and that's not a world series winning it's not good bullpen. In anyone's mind yeah. it's, it's not a good it's not a world series winning bullpen in my mind i mean honestly when jim leland goes to that bullpen i about want to dump a dump a bottle of tums in my mouth and chase it with a whole bottle of pepto it ju- <laughs> i just about get sick to my stomach watching them uh, yeah good, the good thing about detroit is they have a world series caliber lineup you know with uh with miguel cabrera who's like the lebron james of baseball right now who can do everything and ha- is having one of the best you know starts of a season ever he's a, he's in a triple crown chase again and i i think there's a possibility that he could do it again i'm not realistically banking on it but I think there is the strong possibility that he's going to have at least another batting crown this year. Probably more a strong probability. Oh, yeah. I think the only thing that he doesn't get would probably be the home runs. And, and you had wanted to bring up something about Mariano Rivera as well. Oh, the best closer ever, you know. And uh, it's unfortunate that, uh, and kind of ironic, that during the uh, opening, he uh, he was elected to do the opening pitch against the Mets mm-hmm. and uh, blew, blew his first save without getting an out, like, ever in his career. Wasn't it? It was the first battery faced. How many pitches in was he? Do you, do you know? Like, I, it was I f- have no idea off the top of my head. I was going to say, yeah. I know it wasn't the first pitch, but yeah. Mariano Rivera, like, you got to think about, though, he's not going to be perfect. He's the best closer in the game right now. He's not going to be perfect. Yeah, maybe one and, of the be- probably one of the best closers ever. Yeah, no know? doubt about it. And, I mean, the, the fun, f- again, the, the last The Tigers player. need a guy like him. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think... My theory is, speaking of the Tigers' need for a guy, a guy like him, I think the Tigers need to consider trading Rick Porcello to try and get a closer because they, def- I, I, they definitely need to be really aggressive in you know trade deadline. I've been saying that Drew Smiley needs to be in this starting lineup for a while. I thought he should have won it coming out of cam- out of training camp or, pre- or spring training rather. I'm getting my sports mixed up here, but um, sports I, overload exactly. It's Spartan sports rap after yeah. all. But I was thinking he should have gotten it simply because he's a left-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. and they need. And it's hard to have an all-righty starting lineup. You need that lefty in there. And I, granted, I'm a lefty, so maybe I'm speaking a little bit biased here. But um, well, no, I, people talk about all the time how it's a better advantage, you know, you know, batting left, you know, with like the 
you know, against other batters. And, you, and you do have a lot of switch hitters in the game now, too. So you have to have that lefty pitcher in there because a lot of times the switch hitters are weaker against the lefties. Mm-hmm. So we got to take a break in two minutes here. 517-432-3893. In the meantime, coming up next, we're going to get into the Rutgers athletic director as well as the Ohio State president's comments. Um, I know Spencer's got a lot of thoughts on that, as well as what Roy Hibbert said. So, so we've got a lot of real controversial stuff coming up. Yeah, and, and we'll probably finish up the hour with, you know, our very own MSU athletics, probably, you know, recent recent news of the football team and maybe, you know, uh, an outlook of what, what to expect this year based on, you know, the spring game and, you know, the recent recruiting scandals, I guess, and... And and we got NFL news, of course. The NFL never stops during the offseason, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, with Titus Young. Titus Don't you just Young. love him, Ooh. Detroit fans? Lord, I, I'm I, I'm honestly worried for him right now. I'm going to get into that in a little bit. Um, one more thing I'd like to say about the MLB, I've got a few seconds to say this, is I have a little bit of a concern for Justin Verlander. He was terrible Terrible month May. for JV. And his he had a 6.41 May ERA. That was awesome. That's awful by his standards. Yeah, awful by a lot of pitchers' standards. But, but he's had a couple decent games, though. You he know, has. make up for it. But the the Rangers game, oof. I I I shut that one off after a while. So we are going to take a quick break here on Spartan Sports Wrap. But we'll be right back with the Rutgers AD. You're watching. You're listening to Spartan <laughs> Sports Wrap. You're listening to Impact Exposure. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. Eighty nine FM, the impact. We welcome you back to Spartan Sports Wrap. AJ and Ray taking it over, and we have our two evaluators in the back right now, Max King, and of course the host Alex Sharg. I want to get into uh, what has become even more of a controversy than it was before. Um, obviously, every people know about the whole Mike Rice situation at Rutgers, but now it's come out that Julie Herman was um, involved in verbal and mental abuse of her players when she was the. T- Heg volleyball coach at the University of Tennessee. But also there was the fact that she allegedly covered up uh, sexual uh, discrimination at when she was at Louisville. So now there's even more controversy after the AD was fired, uh, or resigned, I should say, because of the whole Mike Rice situation. Spencer, what are your thoughts on what's going on well, there? Rutgers really, it's not a good year for, for Rutgers at all with Mike Rice. And, uh, and they... They got rid of Mike Rice because, you know, the verbal abuse he did against his players. Obviously, he did a little more physical with hitting them with, you know, the basketballs and whatnot and, you know, using 
you know, homophobic slurs against his players. And, and if she has a history of that, you know, with, with her players, even if it's homophobic or not, like you shouldn't hire her, you know, and you shouldn't hire someone with baggage. And, and I don't think Rutgers did the proper research before they hired her. And how does this get covered up is my question. Or not covered up, but how do you not see this? I and mean, I, it, it doesn't seem they put, like, a, like I said, a lot of research, like they, as if they spent, as if they drew a name from a hat. <laughs> I, I feel like in a way they tried to get this search done quickly in order to get not only a basketball coach, which I think that Eddie Jordan will be decent at Rutgers. Well, but the thing is, like, th- there was, there was, you know, controversy with him, with him and his degree, mm-hmm. you know, and like just a lot of, Rutgers is just, what do you do so this but the thing about the sexist behavior the assistant former assistant track and field coach mary banker approached herman and uh, told her about discriminatory treatment by uh the head coach ron mann uh and according to uh legal findings findings by the by the new york times uh herman initially wrote in support thank you we're lucky to have you you're a change agent don't let the, their limitations take you out of the game. Thank God you're here. But after that, when she w- when Banker went to HR, she reportedly said, um, you should not have gone to HR. I don't know how I'm going to restore trust in you amongst the staff now. I don't know how you're going to work downstairs after this. So, again, if you're being fired for taking this up to HR, I... Re- I and that was a serious situation right there. I mean, discrimination in any form shouldn't be tolerated. And it for taking it up to HR, I feel like she did the right thing in that situation. Oh, I couldn't agree more, you know, and you have to address that. You know, like when I was telling you about the Dave Bliss scandal, mm-hmm. about one of his assistant coaches who recorded Dave Bliss uh, instructing his uh, other assistant coaches to cover up, well, brainwash them for an NCAA investigation, you know, and, and like, obviously, you know, the Dave Bliss case is probably more serious because it more pretty serious. much took, took away the whole Baylor program. But, you know, you can't cover, you can't cover up stuff like this, you know, like Jim Tressel, you know, he, he got fired for covering up, you know, and, you know, playing the, the, the dumb game, I guess, with the NCAA. And, well, and Joe Paterno was the same situation. Mm-hmm. He allegedly covered it. We don't know that situation either. And I'm not really going to get into that because I have my own thoughts yeah. on that. But and anyway, 517-432-3893, if you have comments on the Julie Herman or anything that we've discussed from the MLB to the NHL, NBA. And if you would like to tweet in at 89FM Sports, wrap your thoughts, or to me at AJJordan1210 or to Spencer Ray at, at Blade Brunner. Yeah, I, I, he's not. Uh, Spencer is not a Damian Brunner fan at all. I couldn't. T- I, I don't know if you could tell this by the way he was speaking so highly of him. I, I mean, I, I gotta get rid of that Twitter name since it's kind of like a playoff beard. You know, it's like a, like a Twitter thing. You know, since the Red Wings are out of the playoffs, I gotta you know get my, but didn't my you professional get that, name. But didn't you get that handle before the playoffs? Or did yeah, you take it over in I, the Ducks it was, series? It was probably, I think, bef- a little bit before the playoffs, you know, kind of like prep myself, I guess, to have it there. And I mean, you're the one who came up with it to begin with. Our friend Gretchen originally had it, but then switched yeah. it back to her old one. And you, I took and it you out of retirement. Yeah. I took it out of retirement. And deservedly so. It's a yeah. great Twitter handle in my mind. But um, but going, but just going back to the Julie Herman thing, I, they're saying now it's not even sure. They said a few days ago that they're not even sure if she's even going to take over as the Rutgers AD officially. Yeah, they've, they've delayed you know talks with her, and I don't know how long, what the timetable is, is when they're going to make a decision on this. And, you know, it, it seems they need to take time with this whole thing because they didn't take time to, you know, 
to when it when it came when it came to choosing someone for this job, and it, it's making them look bad. I think, but and but it is making them look bad. But my thing my thing is, where does the president come in in all of this? He's the one who hired her. He should have been the one who knew about the situation with Julie Herman, done his research into her background. Where does he come into this? And I think the board of trustees at Rutgers really need if. If they do, if they don't end up hiring Julie Herman, they really need to give um, the Rutgers president a warning: do this right, or there will be consequences. Yeah, they they might need to you know find someone else, clean the cupboard out. You know, as far as you know, their higher ups, you know, their athletic directors and presidents. You know, they this just making them look terrible. You know, with with they they already look bad enough with the Mike Rice situation. You know, with Mike Rice, you know the obviously I do not I would not ever condone what Mike Rice did, but there are coaches that acted like that in all types of sports. And it's crazy that we're just discovering that stuff now because uh, guys like uh, like Bo Schembechler, who said, yeah, I treat all my players equally like dogs. Exactly. And then you got guys like Bob Knight in basketball. Yeah, choking so. his players, throwing throwing chairs. And it's not, it's not an, a new president. Precedent, I don't think, but I think now players are finally getting the courage to stand up to those type of coaches. Mm-hmm. And uh, my but, but, thing but, is, but, but with some of these coaches, though, like like those hard, those you know, those hard coaches, it actually builds characters for some of those players. You I, know, it builds but, character, but, 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 but my, yeah. But there comes a line though with Mike Rice. He he's just being flat out disrespectful. You know, you should never put your hands on a player. Like, yeah, you can tell him to work harder. Throw a basketball. Or the homophobic slurs. And yeah. you shouldn't, like in Julie Herman's situation, the verbal abuse shouldn't happen either. Yeah. You're playing terrible or da-da-da-da-da, something along those lines. Maybe a few more yeah. expletives added yeah. to it you, that I can't yeah, stay you, on you, the you, air you, here. You, yeah, you need to step your game up or, you know, you're playing a little soft. You know, like players don't like don't like hearing that. You know, especially big guy, big basketball players or, you know, big running backs. You no one likes being called soft. Scotty Bowman in those situations. There was yeah. this tough player. I don't remember what his name was when he was coaching the Blues. It was his first head coaching job. He said, uh, look at look at this guy, all talk. And the guy's going, who said that? Da, da, da. He, see, he's talking again. Da, 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 da. I, I'm going to kill whoever said that. Who did? See, there's more talk from him right yeah, there. And Scotty, Scotty Bowen wouldn't smile unless, you know, he won the cup. Well, think of I, Mike Babcock didn't even smile yeah. when that happened at first. He just shook his assistant coach's hand. The he's and I love Babcock. He's like not the biggest reactor in the world. Like reaches over, shakes his assistant coach's hand when he wins the Stanley Cup and the gold medal. Classy, exactly. I mean, but again, five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three or at eighty nine FM Sports Wrap at AJ Jordan twelve ten at Blade Brunner at Blade Brunner. If you would like to give your thoughts, and um, we're going to move on now to the Ohio State president. Oh. Um, yeah, that this is a fun situation. Um, he said, and you, and you know all the comments that he made about Notre Dame. The fathers are holy on Sunday and holy hell on the rest of the week. And this was at a um, this was at a uh, booster meeting that he was at. And he, it goes as far like you can't say say stuff like that and expect it to not be recorded. That was one of Mitt Romney's downfalls in the in the presidential race. Is everything now nowadays is recorded? It is put on YouTube on Facebook. You you have to be careful with what you say. Oh, exactly. And and with his, he probably didn't expect you know to be recorded because, like, look at uh, with Brady Hoke, you know, with the whole uh, call, calling out Notre Dame for dropping the rivalry. You know, he knew he was like the cultural capital of you know Michigan boosters and in this case Ohio State boosters. He's just going to say what they want to hear, 
And and of course, you know, he shouldn't have said it because you never know who's recording you, whether it's video or audio. And he just got a little carried away, to say the least. Needless to say, exactly. And you got um, you got guys coming out like the board of trustees who are saying that was an embarrassment for the university. I think what the board of trustees needs to say, I don't think they fire him right here. I think they need to say, shut up or your next gaffe, you will be fired. And maybe I guess they'll have to bring Jim Tressel in to fire him because he thought the only way... He didn't think Tressel was going to get fired for the situation he was in. He was like, I just hope Tressel doesn't fire me. So maybe they bring Tressel back on a one-day contract. Just, just, just to, to fire, fire him. him. Well, Jim Tressel got you know, relieved of his duties. He got he got He resigned. Yeah, he resigned. You know? And I, I think someone needs to step in. You know, And uh, in this case, this guy has no room to talk about the SEC. The SEC is dominating in athletics right now, they not don't just try in and football. Exactly. They know they're good, and they will... They will show the world that they are good, and they showed on a on a grand stage against Notre Dame. You know that you know Alabama showed on a grand stage that they were the best college football team and building a dynasty. Maybe and maybe the Big Ten is better in academics, but there's no doubt who who the kings are of athletics and college football, and that definitely is the SEC. Uh, we're going to move on to the NFL right now, um, and we're going to talk first about Titus Young. He's just. Not had a good year, to say the least. He was arrested three times in one week. And, just to and recap. an additional fourth time, too. Don't an forget about additional that. Additional fourth time. He sucker-punched Lewis Dumas, tried to sabotage the Lions' offense during the season, and that's when he was kicked off the team. But apparently he declined help from the National Football League for, and declined mental help. And I'm concerned for Titus Young. Well, I really am. Well, I understand, but he clearly doesn't want to help, and like he just doesn't get it like he does not know how to act in 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 a decent manner you know as a human being you know with he tried to steal his car back from from the police impound and he just didn't learn you know it's and and, and, and if he declines help you know why how how, like i've been told you know by this by teachers you know like why we're we're not going to help you if you don't show that you want help and he's not and he's showing that he doesn't want help but the thing is there needs to be someone in his life who there needs to be people in his life who step in and say you really need to get the help i'll help you get it and and the nfl tried to do that i think he lost a lot when nate burleson went down because that's when all the stuff started to happen after burleson was his his leader burleson really was the guy who helped him out I think that's when he lost it. He ap- apparently opened up to uh, Stephen Tullock, according to the Detroit Free Press, um, that he saw them in um, he saw him in Miami at an airport, and that Titus Young allegedly opened up on the flight about some of the mental issues he's been dealing with. Uh, his father said um, his father said that he could get help. He said he can be helped if he just gets anchored, and this is quote. He he kept on running. He's not re- really being treated. I don't know what kind of treatment they they got him up under, but they're not treating him like they should because where he's going, he's getting therapy. But he apparently declined. He left three outpatient programs that he was involved in, so well, he doesn't want the help. I think the only way he's going to get the help, he's facing ten years in prison. For I mean, the, he he shouldn't get ten years in prison, but he needs jail time. He needs some sort of solitary, you know, confinement or something where he can think about, you know. Where Titus Young gets some Titus Young time, put all the distraction of the NFL trying to steal your car back, whatever, you know, or stealing candy for your kid, whatever the case is, you know, he needs time to think about, you know, okay, Titus did wrong, you know, Titus needs to fix what he did. But I think they're gonna, they may, they may like 
he was on medication before. I think they're going to force him to take medication. In, well, not really force per yeah. se, but they're going to have. He's going to be on medication. I think when he's in jail because he will have to. He will get treatment in that, and maybe, maybe if he doesn't want to go to prison, maybe an alternative could could be um, like lessen prison time, but also you need to get mental treatment. And there's no way to truly force it, but if it's court ordered, I wonder if that could. Help. Yeah, and and I think you know that that half you know that half prison time and half you know psych ward or whatever wherever he goes to it, it will help him you know like i'm not saying he's done in the nfl but he's going to take some time to rebuild you know not only his image but you know he's he's making stupid decisions you know teams don't make don't don't invest money in this guy you know like and these type of guys you know like look at look at the rams they cut him after like how many days? It was it was it was just like two or three days. Yeah. But what I want to talk about now too is um, the NFL, the NFL currently, and Brian Urlacher, of course, retiring. Ray There's Lewis a lot. After, yeah. Ray Lewis. There's a lot of holes that need to be filled coming up in this season. And the Detroit Lions. I, I mean, in <laughs> my opinion, uh, uh, thank you for that. I mean, you're you're a Cleveland Browns fan. You're sitting over there in a Trent yeah. Richardson jersey. I feel just as bad for you as you should for me. But um, when it comes down to um, when it comes down to the Lions, they haven't done anything really with their secondary. They have Glover Quinn, and maybe they drafted a guy in the second round. Yeah, they they need well, to do more. They should have drafted Jonathan Banks instead of their backup. You know, like and uh, Buccaneers got a steal by drafting him. You know, and because uh, it's like, why would you draft the backup cornerback of of a of a good football team? You know, Mississippi State. You know, and Jonathan Banks, he's he was the guy there. You know, they were talking about talking about him being a top cornerback. You know, last year, and you know what? Just one of those like, I guess, typical Lions GM moves. You you'd think, you know, and but the Lions, you know, I do respect them for they were they were kind of they were pretty aggressive in the in free agency with getting Reggie mm-hmm. Bush because I think, you know, they they have plenty of they have the best weapon on offense. You know, in the in the past game with Calvin Johnson, there's no receiver you know, pound for pound player better than Calvin Johnson, except for Adrian Peterson. And I want to, I just want to say this as well. In addition to talking sports, we do have a prize to give away here on Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, today's winner will be put on the guest list along with the plus one to see Flowbots with Wheelchair Sports Camp on Friday, June 7th at the Magic Bag in Ferndale. Doors open at 8 p.m. and ages 18 plus are welcome. More information can be found online at www.themagicbag.com. The Impact would like to thank the Magic Bag for their continued support and remind listeners that they may win once per week. 517-432-3893 if you would like to call in and win that prize. Also, and call in and give your thoughts on what we've been saying. We've got we've covered a lot of topics so far, Spencer. Yeah, you guys can definitely jump back if you know if you feel you know, yeah, we're moving we're moving, you know, along, just chugging along here, but if you have an opinion about you know, the game seven tonight, which that's going to be big. I'll probably watch that, you know, as soon as the show's done. Yeah. And I mean, and we've got not only that, the, the Bruins and Penguins game coming up tonight. Yeah. That's going to be a, we got a lot of great sports coming up. And I, this whole year has been a whole, you know, great year. Right. In terms of playoffs. I, I mean, you can't pry me away from the TV with a crowbar if, um, if I'm watching NHL hockey in the playoffs. You just can't. The series has been too good this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like just. Like the whole West Conference, it seems everyone goes to a game seven, you know, and Boston's magical run against uh, Toronto, you know, they scored like three times in a minute, like a little over a minute. And then not only that, they did it in over, they got it done in overtime as well. And they 
did really well against the New York Rangers, but the Rangers, ugh, I don't know what, what happened with them. They just have not been playing well. And then Brad Richards, a guy like Brad Richards, gets benched for the last two games. They're, they're just not a playoff team, it seems. They're not. And I think that was ultimately what Tortorella's undoing was. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but the fact that his team was playing with no confidence. I think his style, that ultimately ended up wearing thin with them to, to the f- point where they tuned him out. I think it was good at first when he came in. But they ended up tuning him out, I think, because they just were playing with no heart. And, and I don't know how you tune out, tune out a guy who's who's won a cup. You know, like you usually look up to those guys. You know, like teams, like you know, when teams make cup runs, they usually have guys, or veterans, you know, or coaches, you know, assistant coaches, whatever, who, who have been there, who know, who know how to act like a champion and play like a champion. And, and in this case, they 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 didn't show up against Boston, and they got outplayed. And ultimately, um, ultimately, it comes down to whether your time is up in a certain spot or not. And I think a lot of times, co- more often than not, it comes down to a point where it the coach has just done his time there and th- both teams need to move on. You've seen it um, in two years with the Carolina Hurricanes after they won the Cup. They fired Peter Laviolette. Mm-hmm. And it, it happens a lot more often than people think out there. And just because you win a Stanley Cup, just because you win a championship, you're not immune. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, and you can't be immune because it's a whole new season. Yeah, you you, you can't just, you know, you you don't uh, you don't gain invincibility once you win the cup. You know, you still got to keep that grind. And like coaches like you know Mike Babcock, you know, like those guys stay around because they win cups, and you know he's helped extend the 22, 22 uh, season playoff streak. Guys like that stay around. And there were rumors too that. Um, Pavel Datsuk was going to go back to Russia after next year because he didn't want to play for Babcock. That turns out to be untrue as he's looking to sign long-term, and I think all Red Wings fans really should be celebrating as we are. Oh, definitely. Like, Pasha, you know, he still wants to finish in Russia. Everyone knows that, but he still wants, you know, to finish his career in the NHL with Detroit, which you're not going to expect, like, a seven-year deal out of Pasha. I think you'll get him to 2016-17 at the latest, and... And with Pasha, you know, he's one of the greatest playmakers in the NFL right now with his, you know, his Datsukian Deeks, you know, his magician tactics, whoever you want to he's put Houdini it. He's Houdini on ice is what he is. He, he's just, he, he works magic out there. I mean, I've seen his, um, I watch his goal uh, against Thomas Vokun a lot of times and like the one in the, sh- in the shootout where he just had Vokun going one way completely open net. I love watching his shootouts and those are something I never miss. Yeah, he's one of the best shootout shootout guys in the NHL right now. And just look at his uh if you look just Google Datsuk highlights, you know, even shootout highlights, whatever highlights. He he can stop on a dime and uh couture, you know, what he did to Couture uh, between the leg deke and mm-hmm. makes him fall, like breaks his ankles like basketball style. Like you gotta love it. You and know? you know when I go to Red Wings games too, I sit I sit there and watch him during warm ups and he it, it's just magic to watch. Like he he flips the puck up against the board, just all a bunch of crazy stuff, warming up by himself, and while his, maybe his other ones are going and shooting into the yeah, um, ki- young kids at home. Google uh, Pavel Datsuk. Okay, playing keep away with Trevor Thompson. Are you, know, you trying to be him. Don Cherry right there? All you young kids out there, <laughs> uh, just that's that's what you sounded like right there. Oh yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I, just 
he didn't he didn't give me the double thumbs up. I'm doing that for him right now. But um, we're going to move on now to uh, Michigan State uh, sports. And funny thing, we're Spartan sports rap. Let's talk about Michigan State sports. That's unheard of, right? But <laughs> talk about baseball. I don't think um, it was truly a snub by any means that they didn't make it. Just given the fact that there were other teams who were better, the this yeah the, the seeds their that conference got in, play their, yeah their conference play wasn't as strong. The seeds that um, that did make it in all at least had two more wins in conference than the Michigan State Spartans did, so that was really no surprise for me. Congratulations that they've had another uh, thirty plus win season. It's a program best, their fourth straight. But they also had the winningest senior class in uh, program history, so that's something definitely to build to off of next year too. About. And I, I liked watching them play this year. I, I went to a few games. We oh, worked yeah. at a few yeah, games. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to watch. And it's uh, fun watching Andrew Wazak pitch. Like it's it, Wazak, Blaze Salter Blaise came out of Salter, nowhere oh towards God, the he end. He almost hit for the cycle. Uh, how how? How cool of a name is Blaze Salter? Uh, that's in definitely like a sports Blaise, name. Honestly, it is. That's definitely a sports name. And, and we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about the Spartans right now. Let's talk about um, MSU football. MSU football. Oh. Yeah, we went to the spring game, and it's time for the AJ and Ray, um, the AJ and Ray uh, reaction to the spring game. I don't. I mean, I'm a Spartan fan through and through. I bleed green. My thing is, I don't see them having that great of a year in football unless their receivers can. Um, replace the trampolines that they have with actual hands and catch the ball. Because I, I don't know how many times last year I saw passes bouncing off their hands, bouncing off their chest, and that's just unacceptable. And the ball, when, if you can touch it, you can grab it. And that, that's yeah, what dude, my dad's coach said to him when John he was Madden in football. Says, too, if you can get one hand on it, you can catch it. You know, And we've talked about this probably since the end of the season about – what to expect next year, you know, based on the recruiting, you know, they lost Drake Harris and Jay Harris to a rap career, the rap you know, star, yeah. Bull, you know, and, uh, and they have so many questions on offense, you know, quarterback, there's, you know, D'Antonio's talking about using this Pepsi Coke, you know, two quarterback system, you know, and it's I, not going to yeah, work. It doesn't work if, you know, I, if you have two quarterbacks, that means you don't have a quarterback. That That's what that means. And running back, Le'Veon Bell, who just signed a four-year deal with the Steelers, you know, you don't replace a guy like that. He is the, one of the toughest runners that MSU are probably one of the toughest runners in college football. And the Steelers was a perfect fit for him, you know, the big iron, you know, Steel City and whatnot. And the receivers, you know, like they, they do drop a lot of balls, but I think the promise the most promising receiver is Aaron Burbridge. When he when he when he mm-hmm. started playing later in the year last year, he, he he was putting up he was catching the ball and putting up solid numbers. And tight end, you know, uh you know Sims was Maxwell's favorite target, big guy, you know, six five. And he was the only one who could catch he, the exactly. ball. Exactly, and, and that he back. played. He played most of the season injured. He was fighting injuries the whole time, and you know, he was definitely made Maxwell look good. You know, and and he's a big third third down target too, and that's going to be crucial this year. I'm going to be interested to see uh, with Dave Warner calling offensive plays this year too. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. If you really want to weigh in on everything, yeah, time's even, running if, out, guys. even if there's a topic that you that we haven't discussed yet, you can call in and comment on that. Also, to win the Flowbots tickets that I just pitched a little. Yeah, they bit can ago. ride a bike with no handlebars. I always remember <laughs> that. And um, but like. You're right. Deion Sims was the only one who could catch the ball last year for the Spartans. And I watch, watching the spring game, I think, again, the... Um, the I defensive line looks solid, just like it line. did last year. And, you know, the the secondary looked good when, when Tyler O'Connor was playing quarterback. He threw a couple... He, 
Tyler, we're, we're not going to see Tyler O'Connor play unless it's in cleanup situations. Oh, yeah. I have a feel. Like, I, I, feel I, like. I think Connor Cook's going to win the job. You do? Yeah, he's he's young, and you know it's, Maxwell does have that, you know that that veteran swag to him. You know, but he he didn't. Uh, he didn't. He didn't live up to my standards too, and I don't think anyone's standards as an MSU fan or probably the you know the MSU coaches. You know, going into the season last year, I really liked his athleticism too. So I, I was really surprised by the fact that there Got was a really a lot. Too, he has guy. a very strong big arm. kid, and I mean the passes have a lot more velocity from what I've seen um, than. Kirk Cousins as did um, Connor Cook as well, but I, again, I think Connor Cook's going to win the starting job yeah. this year. I have no doubt in my mind. And, and, and but, the only answer I think uh, to Le'Veon Bell leaving, they have this like this three running back system, two three running back system with Riley Bolo, uh, you know, getting getting snaps at running back, and he's done he's done well in practices playing running back. He did well. He had a we're talking about practice. Yeah, yeah, we in here talking about practice. Yeah, Not yeah. about the game. We're talking about practice, <laughs> yeah. man. And uh, Bull, he had he had good he had strong runs. You know, he was carrying guys in the spring game. And uh, Nick Hill, he's not really a between the tackle no. runner and fight for yards guy. He's I think they should use him more out of the shotgun. And uh, Jeremy Langford, I like him. He's balanced. You know, you could use him to run between the tackles, and he still has you know that extra gear. You need guys. Um, you need guys running up, who can run it up the middle because MSU is a running offense, bona fide. Like last year, we saw that that was really their only offense they, they, was they Le'Veon Bell. They remind me a lot of Stanford. The way Stanford plays, like they run it a lot, and they have the workhorse running back, but a cons- like not really conservative quarterback, but a guy who can make the right reads and makes good decisions. You know, and also backed by a strong defense, like mainly in that. In that uh, defensive line and linebacking core, like Max Bullo, he's going to be the anchor on that defense. And if he stays healthy and you know gets guys to buy in and you know what what their potential is on defense, they can keep him in games. And uh, a guy to watch out for on the defensive line is Shalit Calhoun. Yes, like uh, Maxwell picked him on his team because he was afraid to face him. You know, <laughs> and he. And I had a class with him uh, freshman year, and he's a big guy. He looks like a tight end, and he's playing defensive end. He's athletic, and he's fast. And, yeah, he, I would probably want him on my team. He looks pretty scary. Well, I've, I've said, and I've said this to you multiple times, God help us. I mean, congratulations if he does, but God help us if Pat yeah. Narduzzi ever gets a head coaching job. Because, and you've got to believe D'Antonio has a lot of input into it because he is a defensive-minded coach. But the defense under Pat Narduzzi has been spectacular yeah. like the past two years. I think it's going to be good this year. It will be our saving grace. I mean, I unless I see something where the MSU wide receivers can come in and catch the ball and we have a more balanced offense mm-hmm. than we did last year, as well as hopefully our offensive play caller isn't throwing eight-yard passes yeah, when we have 10 yards to I go. I think if, if, if they solidify a starting quarterback and he gets in a rhythm with those receivers and just... You know, like once again, like get guys to buy in. It's like, okay, we're a good team, you know. And yeah, we didn't have a very successful year up to our standards after winning, having three straight seasons of ten plus wins. You know, that that's that's big to MSU, and they were they were the king of the Big Ten, you know. And if they if they step in, you know, I think the receivers really step up. We can definitely see vast improvement. With the no Spartans. doubt about it. And I I'm I'm excited to see what happens this year. Um, I'm hoping that our again our offensive play calling is better. I was disgusted by that a lot of times last definitely. year. I mean, it was predictable run, run, pass, punt, and um, the big joke was Mike Sadler could have been the co-MVP of the team because he, he, he made a lot of great punts last season. Uh, yeah, and, that, and that's usually the, the thing you don't really want to talk about is your strong point. Not, not at all, and I mean, but it was very key for the Michigan State Spartans, but that's about a wrap on Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, thank, 
Thank you to Alex Sharg, of course, for allowing us to host this program. Asian Invasion is coming up next on 89FM, The Impact. For Spencer Ray, I'm Aaron Jordan. We will see you next time. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.